Let's go ahead and open our Bibles today to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. And we are using this verse to launch our series back to basics. First uh, Peter three fifteen says, "But but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect." So we've been going over things that we, as people, of the book, as Christians should believe and the basic number one is the only true basis of christian fellowship is christ agape love bottom line if you do not love you do not know god for god is love basic number two the worship of god is spiritual it is the submission of all of our nature to god if you don't do that then you cannot worship god and if you don't do that you're not spiritual okay and then number three is the worship of God should be inspirational or inspiring. Our worship of God should have a byproduct. You know, I mean, it should lead to inspiration, us to do something, uh, worshiping God. It's better to inspire than expire, as the old preacher used to say. And then number four, the worship of God should be intelligent. Uh, we are to come to the Word of God. You know, I used to tell people all the time, just read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. I don't, I, you can read your Bible, you know, until all you want to, but you need to study your Bible. You need to know what it says. I mean, if you're a student of any kind, I can read a textbook and not understand a word that's in the textbook. As a matter of fact, I can remember key points, things that I've underlined in the textbook just so I can pass the test. And yet I still don't know the subject matter. And I'm afraid that's where a lot of Christians are today. The worship of God should be intelligent. I mean, the Bible says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed because he is correctly handling the word of truth. You know, again, you know, the writer of Hosea said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You won't see how ignorant the church is today go on Facebook for about five minutes <laughs> and listen to some of the things that they're talking about or some of the things that they're approving or some of the things that they are attributing to God it's ignorance and then today let's see the worship of God well we talked about this last time the worship of God should be fruitful I mean there should be fruit coming out of our lives somewhere, sometime, somehow, some way. And the bottom line, if you're not bearing fruit, either the tree's good or the tree's bad. Good trees produce good fruit, bad trees produce bad fruit. It's not possible for good trees to produce bad fruit, nor for bad trees to produce good fruit. The Spirit of God, the worship of God, should be fruitful. And then today, we believe in the inspiration and the preservation of Scripture that the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments, are inerrant. They are inspired Word of God, and that it is the final authority of all matters of faith and practice. The bottom line, folks, is what you're espousing aligning with the Word of God. I mean, we live in a day where nobody wants to offend anybody. Everybody wants to be, quote, tolerant. They're tolerant of everything but God and his people. If the Bible says it's sin, it's sin. Period. There's no way around it. 
God does not change. Sure, his ways of dealing with man has changed, but what he has called sin from the beginning is still sin today. Yeah, and yet the church wants to dance around these issues. And what has it produced? It's produced a generation of churchgoers. I'm not sure they're Christians at all, but they're churchgoers, and they are resting the scriptures to their own destruction. I almost sometimes just want to leave social media, you know, because I look at my former students and I see the stupidity that they're espousing on their pages. As a teacher, it just it's very discouraging to me. Just read your Bible. Stop listening to talking points. Yes, God loves all people, but yes, God hates sin. God can love the sinner, but still hate the sin. And when the children of God, quote, go and love the sin, they're going against God. What God's called sin. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Sin kills. The wages of sin is death. Now and always. So we believe in the inspiration and the preservation of Scripture. That's Genesis to Revelation. It is inerrant. That means there's no errors in it. It is inspired, which means it's God-breathed. It is infallible. And it is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. So it's not... What do I believe? It's what does the Bible teach on this subject. Therefore, that is what I believe. In Psalm 12, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You will keep them, and you will preserve them from this generation forever. The Bible that you and I have in our hands is the Word of God. And in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable, yes, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, it's been said that the inspiration of the Bible depends upon the ignorance of the man who reads it. There are no contradictions in the Word of God, beloved, and if you found one, you're wrong. If you think you found one, just keep reading. Many times we see things because we don't know the context. We don't know, we don't know how to compare Scripture with Scripture. It's just like the Gospels. Matthew wrote it from, yes, inspired by, by the Holy Spirit of God, but he wrote it from his point of view. So did Mark. So did Luke. So did John. So all four of those guys can describe an instance and may describe four different perspectives of that instance, but they're not contradictory. I mean, you can be describing the front of the elephant, I can be describing the back of the elephant, it's still an elephant. So the Bible contains no contradictions. You know, men do not reject the Bible because it contradicts itself, it's because it contradicts them. That's why men reject the Word of God. Now, as conservatives, we believe that the Bible is inspired, is the inspired Word of God. And the words that we use for that are threefold. It's verbal plenary inspiration. That implies not only inspiration, but also verbal and plenary inspiration. What does that mean? 
Verbal inspiration means that not only is the message of the Bible inspired, but the very words are inspired. So not only is the message inspired, but also the very words that are contained in that message are inspired. So we believe in verbal inspiration. And actually the word verbal means by means of words or word for word. Now you know why I shy away from thought-for-thought translations in favor of word-for-word translations. Because it's hard to corrupt a word-for-word translation. Because there's very little room in there to put your opinion or your point of view in a word-for-word translation. But in a thought-for-thought translation, there is gobs of room for you to put what you think in there instead of just the Word of God. In Matthew 5.18, For truly I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the stroke will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now the New King James translates that, For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until it is all fulfilled. Now a jot in the Hebrew alphabet is the is is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet and the tittle is the small appendage that differentiates two similar Hebrew letters so the jot is the smallest letter the tittle is the appendage that dif- differentiates two similar letters letters so the best way that I could compare it to our English language would be say the equivalent of the dotting of the i and the crossing of the t In other words, every I is going to be dotted, every T is going to be crossed. And it makes a big difference. What is the dot and what is the tittle? As such, verbal inspiration requires dictation, which is the act or manner of transcribing words uttered by another. In other words, God gave the words and the writers wrote down what they heard. And then also, we not only believe in verbal, but we believe in plenary. The word plenary just means full or all. So we believe that all the words are inspired. And the word inspired is where we get the word breathed. All words breathed. All words are God breathed. That's what we believe about the word of God. So basic number number six. We believe in the inspiration and the preservation of Scripture that the Bible, the Old and the New, are the inerrant, inspired, infallible Word of God and that it is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you. wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.